0: Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown, and I'm Molly Keck, and we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology, and this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape.
1: All right, well, welcome back to Bugs by the Yard. We've been in the heat of the summer for a long time, but it's
0: I guess it's January.
1: (laughs) It sure feels like it. Goodness. But summertime for me is like the sound. The sounds of summer always are insects calling at night. And I always know when summer's kind of waning because it gets quieter. And I know when summer's really ramping up because it gets louder. Um, It's always a little depressing when it gets a little bit quieter at night because it just means the warm weather and the summertime's kind of ending. But if you spend some time outside, If you can handle it, because it's crazy. I was watching the news. It was 10 o'clock and it was 95 or something degrees. I mean, it's just insane right now. But if you can bear the heat and spend some time outside, you're sure to be hearing some insects calling and making noises. And I would say what you're probably thinking are cicadas, but the order or group of insects that I think makes the most noise, or at least there are the most number of species that make noise are those that are in the order orthoptera, which are, I think of them as the hoppers. The word hop is in that name. And so these are crickets, katydids, tree crickets, just a a number of different species, grasshoppers also. And the crickets and the katydids especially will make a whole lot of noise for us. Crickets are kind of interesting. There's actually, I don't know who figured this out, but so with crickets, you can get a good, fairly decent estimate of what the, the temperature is in Fahrenheit outside. If you count the number of chirps, a cricket does in 15 seconds, and then you add 37 onto that, that gives you about what the temperature is, but you'd have to isolate one cricket and listen to him the whole time. And I just don't think that often happens.
0: (laughs) I just, you know, I find that one fascinating that, you know, you work that out, but two who in the world came up with that? I mean, how did somebody be like, oh, well, let's correlate this with the temperature and I'm going to count it, it, just how, how did people figure that out? It just blows my mind.
1: It had to have been like some numbers savant or something, some math savant that like, could he have a whole
0: lot of time on their hands? (laughs) Yeah. It was like
1: counting cricket chirps and then realizing, Oh, if I add, it just had to be somebody who just was so good with numbers that it came naturally. Cause to us, it's like, who would even put those two things together? But that, I mean, that's crazy though, that like, so the, the warmer it is, the more chirps, obviously they're going to do and the cooler it is, they kind of slow down. And so the chirps are going to be less and less.
0: It almost seems counterintuitive. You think They would chirp more to generate body heat when it's cooler and vice versa, but you know, it doesn't work like that. So
1: maybe that's the difference between an ectotherm and an endotherm. Like we would do a whole lot to warm up, but maybe they don't, I don't know. They, they would get it from their surroundings. Right. So they moving a lot may not warm up, warm them up like it would for us. But yeah, I imagine it has a whole lot to do with, they just slow down when it gets colder. When insects communicate or produce calls, the reason why they're doing that is usually to attract mates. Um, And most of the time, at least with crickets and, and katydids and orthopterans, it's the males that make the noise to attract the females. But then some of the other reasons why they might make calls or do communication is they could do it like to find their prey to trick their prey to come in, lure them in, or they might be just same species to, you know, species to species communication. Like it may not be a noise that insects make, but they may use pheromones or smells that give different cues, like get away from this area. This is a bad area or I'm like alarm calls. Yeah. Or I'm a, I'm a girlfriend come to me or (laughs) Who knows what else? Who knows? I'm sure there's tons of ways that they communicate, but really what we're mainly talking about today is the the noises that they make and the calls that they make more so than pheromones, which are smells. And so with crickets, it's usually the males that make the sound. I thought it was always males, but I was doing a little bit of research and it seemed like some species, the females may also, may also be able to make some sound. And it's the adults that produce the sound so like if you have you know a frog or a reptile or a tarantula that you're feeding and you go to the store and you buy crickets if you get the small crickets they don't ever make sound but if you get the large crickets they'll chirp all the time and when i was in grad school we had a pet tarantula inside of our office and you know kim well kim would feed this tarantula it was her tarantula and she would drive us crazy because those crickets would chirp constantly (laughs) And at least it drove me crazy. And uh, another, you know, there were a bunch of us crammed in this one little office. And we finally told her, can we pop the wings off of these things? Or can you buy smaller crickets? Because they would just chirp, chirp, chirp. And that thing never ate all of the crickets that were in there because they, the crickets make the sound. And usually Katie did, I believe too, by rubbing their wing against their back leg. Right. And it, sometimes it's also wing to wing, isn't it?
0: Yes. So it, it, and it depends. And some of them, I think rub their legs together. Like they have those little spiny things on their legs and they can rub those like against whatever. There's like a file and a, I forget. And oh a comb. yeah. A comb, yeah. Like yeah. There we go. I was like morphology. Let's go back. But that's, <laughs> it's essentially called stridulation. So they're, they're rubbing one part of their body against another and making a noise. So it'd be kind of, uh, equated to humans snapping their fingers and making noise that way.
1: Yeah. Or not using another body part, but rubbing your thumb against a comb and making it make a sound. We do that in camps. When we talk about crickets and calls and, you know, cricket lessons, I'll make the kids be crickets by rubbing their little f- fingers against the combs. And depending
0: uh, it- on the insect, it switches, right? Cause cicadas have membranes that they vibrate that make their noise, which is why it's so freaking loud. Yeah.
1: That's on their abdomen. And have you ever like, cause if you've ever held a cicada, you can like feel it vibrating in your hand yeah. while it's making that sound. But crickets is more of like a, just like Jiminy cricket. He played the violin. So there it's a rubbing <laughs> thing, you know, And <laughs> you know, nobody has probably seen Pinocchio in years and years, but if you did,
0: Hey, they, they remade it. It's coming out on Disney pretty soon like one of those live action jobbies. I I saw the Pinocchio live action
1: one, the Italian one. It had I think it was dubbed over. It was kind of weird. Like it was just too
0: he was <laughs> Pinocchio too... always kind of freaked me out anyway.
1: Well the the they did a good job with the makeup. It was like too it was it was it was different.
0: Kind of like horror film God, creepy. Just,
1: yeah, just too realistic. <laughs> Like it wasn't, it was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so then, the, so the crickets make the sound either with legs, wings, and legs, wings and wings. I'm sure it's just species specific. And then they hear with which I always tell kids and other people that insects hear with their antenna. But they do. Some insects do have true kind of ears, like an eardrum, a tympanic membrane, and cr- crickets, grasshoppers, katydids. These guys all have it on their knee. No, it's not on their knee. Where is it? It's on their. It's
0: like on the, it's on the abdomen, right behind that third pair of legs. There's yeah. like that kind of flat membrane, but I think some crickets also have some on their front legs.
1: I think so too. Like on their, like they always say it's on their knee, but I guess it's just, I mean, insects don't truly it, the, have a knee. Yeah. but.
0: So the, the tibia, maybe like maybe. the tibia section insects, they actually have labels for those of you listening. They have labels for the different sections of the leg and they have a femur and they have a tibia and they have tarsal claws. So on the cricket, it would be the tibby. So equivalent to a human like shin. Yes.
1: Yeah. Could you imagine that if you hurt, if your ear was on your shin, that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> that'd be weird. <laughs> insects are just kind of weird. But yeah, so they make noise and then they hear it with their, uh, somewhere on their body, not, you know, not on their head like it, like it is for us. Um, and it, most of the time they're making noise, the males are making noise to attract the females. And it's not really this, you know, it's not like a fancier sound that will attract more females, but probably more so being loud or just in the right place at the right time or starting the call sooner, but they'll also make noise if they're in danger. So if you've ever had a cricket stuck in your house somewhere, it's not calling to find a mate. Most likely it's calling to, you know, ask for help. And then they also can annoy you and just annoy (laughs) the heck out of you just to make probably to make noise to just to find someone else to know the way out or something, who knows. And then they also, they might be male against male, it might be aggression that they're fighting with each other and most likely fighting with each other to um, find more females.
0: I think that, you know, when I have, cause you hear the cicadas and you have all the cicadas making noise right now. And I just kind of equate that whole like male aggression thing. I just have this picture in my head of like two giant cicada opera singers and one of them like doing its thing. And then the other, like trying to outdo them and just going back and forth.
1: (laughs) That's, I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like. Cicadas for sure, more so than crickets. To me, crickets are just like a blanket kind of a sound. But cicadas, it's like it ebbs and it flows and it gets super duper loud. And and theirs is a much louder buzzing. And you can find websites. um, The sounds are very species specific. And there are some websites where you can click on it and listen to the specific sounds um, that different species make. And I found one that will even tell you what time of day they tend to make uh, oh, wow. That species makes noise. We have, I'm sure, several species sometimes that we find the cute little teeny tiny ones and then the real big ones, but they're all pretty much dog day cicadas where they're most active during the dog days of the summer. I've been finding a went to dead ones when I've been on my runs and, and this will happen at the end of the summer and people will call panicked or worried. Um, and I'm like, they don't live forever. They're just dying. It's hot. And they just drop out of the trees, just drop dead. They did their job and, and life is over for them. Um, but you can still definitely hear them. And I think we'll hear them probably through August. It is mainly males that produce songs for the females, but females can also produce songs too. And um, sometimes they'll do like a, sometimes the males will make the sound to attract other males also. And they say that's when you hear like this, those really loud, like, th- like when you're talking about that With constant chorus, sound. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then, but also The females respond to the males. So I guess if there's a lot of girls around, then who knows what you're listening to? Somebody does. I think it's so amazing how different it can sound even in the same location. Like sometimes it sounds like a chainsaw to me. And then sometimes it sounds like a cicada, but it is always like a buzzing kind of a, I don't know. And then sometimes it's so high pitched that you just, you know, you can't even stand it anymore. People will uh, always reach out every summer. I think this is, I've never heard this sound before. This must be a different species. And like, it's just, yeah, just a different well, and then noise.
0: Two, two things. The cicadas, since they're the membrane that they vibrate to make noise is in their abdomen. That kind of also, it kind of serves like a drum post where, you know, you have that skin stretched over the drum and it makes a louder noise because it's vibrating in that kind of Amplifies the sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of makes it even more. And then the other thing that I do want to mention, and that people might not know a lot of insects make noises at a frequency that we can't hear as humans. So they could be communicating by doing stuff, and we haven't the slightest idea that it's going on because we can't hear it. It's too high of a frequency, kind of like a, a bat or something yeah. that they have the echo location, but that noise is too high pitched for us to actually comprehend with our ears,
1: which, which might be why there's those apparatuses that you can stick in the wall and it's supposed to emit a, a like a very high frequency sound that we can't hear. And sometimes you can kind of hear making that noise, but those things are, don't really work. I mean, they're not all these sounds are going to be species specific. These pitches are how is someone who can't hear what an insect does to know what pitch to do to keep the cockroaches out of your house, you know? And, and the other thing that, that I had learned once was that like our toasters make plugged in, make the same frequency of the, or a higher frequency pitch of some of these things. So those it's just snake oil. I mean, people buy them and people keep buying them and that's why they keep selling them, but they're really not going to keep bugs out of your house.
0: And there's been studies that actually show one, the insects get used to that same constant level of noise and they just tune it out. It's kind of like my husband, when I'm asking (laughs) him to do the dishes or something, he just, that's tuned out of his brain. But there have been studies that shown that like German cockroaches are actually living in the little sonic thing because it's warm and cozy and a nice good space. And so obviously they're not bothered by the sound. It's probably
1: more annoying to you and definitely more annoying to your pets than it is to the insects. Yeah. So don't waste your time with it on those things. I mean, they don't hurt anything, but they don't help anything either. Um, what else about cicadas? I mean, really, their noise is nothing. It's not it's not a alarm or anything else. It's really just to find a mate. So you're listening to courtship happening in your trees when you hear cicadas calling back and forth it's the sounds of summer to me. And it's so short lived that, you know, if you hate the way cicadas sound, it's like three months. We can, the rest of the year, you can hear nothing.
0: And it's not like we're having like the giant populations of the Midwest. So it's it's not traumatic for us.
1: Yeah. And it's good food for birds and lizards and other things that are so hungry right now because everything else is dead. There's no berries for them to eat right now. Another insect that I think is pretty cool is that makes noise is the Death Watch Beetle, which yes. is um, not like not a lot of people see them, but you always hear about them and they're always in movies. They were in what's the movie with Sandra Bullock? Wasn't that the movie? Oh, which one? Yeah, which one? <laughs> the witch movie, um, Pure Oh, practical magic. Practical magic. Isn't isn't doesn't it tap in the movie with her, I
0: think. It has a very prominent role. I have not seen that in a really long time. But that also, I think, is the beetle that was in the Edgar Allan Poe story, the Telltale Heart. Knocking and driving the guy insane.
1: Yes. Yeah, so what they do is the they're a boring beetle. They bore into wood, and so you know, back in the day when houses were made mainly of wood—I mean, our houses today are—but when there was a lot more wood in the houses um, and it wasn't treated wood, when they would infest that wood, the the male taps its head. Uh, if you can Google it, if they're a really cute little teeny tiny beetle, and they he taps his, does a little head banging thing on the on the surface of the wood. And he makes the tapping sound to find the females. And I think what's so funny is that only if the female wants to mate, will she respond? And if she's really not in the mood, then she doesn't do the tapping back. So she could be right there and just ignore him. Um, it's not That's like fantastic. this. <laughs> she has a choice, right? It's not this innate thing where she's like, oh, I hear the tap, the sound I must tap back. Um, and so male it's male to female, but never female to female or. I'm assuming also never male to male unless the male hears it and hears other females and starts going. But it's a European folklore that if you hear that tapping that someone in the household will die. So it's bad luck to hear it. I've also heard another version of that story that when they would be inside of the coffins back in the day you would have the wakes or the funerals inside of your house. So while you were sitting with the body, you would hear the tapping inside there so that was the other. The other, that was the initial way I heard that they got their name, but I think that's just maybe a more, a kinder way to, to call them reason to call them death watch beetles. <laughs> but in practical magic, it's not, it's like a ground beetle that they use. So if you've ever seen that movie and you've seen that part, if I'm thinking of this, the right movie, it's not, they're really not little. the right
0: insect. They're itsy bitsy. Feel cute. Yeah. They're, well, if they use the right insect, then you wouldn't be able to see them because they're so small. <laughs> Yeah. And they're in the woods, so you wouldn't see it anyway.
1: Yeah, it's like it, in my memory, it came out and it was tapping on the ground or she found it under her bed and she picked it up or I don't know. See, now I'm going to have that. to go watch that
0: movie again or read the book. Yeah, that was a, a good movie. It was a good book series, too.
1: Um, what else? Who else makes noise?
0: Those are the three that
1: I cockroaches. Oh, duh. Yeah. Hissing cockroaches. <laughs> And you know who else makes a noise like hissing cockroaches? Kind of our little best beetles, well, they're not little. Oh, yeah. But best beetles. Yeah. So hissing cockroaches hiss, obviously. Is it true that only the males hiss or do females also hiss?
0: Females hiss too. All right. It just imagine the the thing is because I have hissing cockroaches and I take them up to schools a lot, and the kids are always like, oh, well, why don't they always hiss? And it's like, well, you know, if I handle them a lot, then they get me. And so if I'm poking at them, trying to make them hiss, they just, they're used to it. And so they're like, no, I'm not going to do this. But I love them because with insects and the way that they breed, they have these little tiny openings on the sides of their bodies called spiracles. And they actually will open and close the spiracles to allow oxygen and carbon dioxide to move across that gradient. And with hissing cockroaches, they actually will force air out through those spiracles to make the hissing noise. And so you actually see them kind of scrunch up their, their abdomens and their body. It's that's them yeah. contracting that. So it pushes air out the holes, to the hissing noise. And I just, that is a fascinating evolutionary adaptation.
1: I know. <laughs> I I'm, I'm with you though. Like when you take them to schools, I'm always like, I got to find the crankiest one in here. I'm yes. digging around, you know, <laughs> There's, some, the reason why I asked about that is I had always thought it was males and females my whole entire life. And then someone very convincingly told me that it was only the males that did it. And I, I didn't think that that was right, but they were very sure about it. So, oh, um,
0: well, they were in my, my personal experience with. Just both of them will hiss. It just depends on who's upset at the time that I'm poking them. Yeah. And
1: if you're, if you're listening and wondering how the heck do you tell the difference between a male and a female that the, you can see the difference in males and females on hissing cockroaches. There's very few insects that you can look at and know who the boy and the girl is and hissing cockroaches are one because they have, the boys are like a little, um, triceratops. They have like three little bumps on their head, And the bigger the boy and the older the boy, the bigger the bumps they have. And the females have a smooth forehead, I guess. Yeah, I would call it. Um, And then best beetles do the same thing, kind of the same thing. But I don't think I'm not sure where that noise on best beetles comes from. I think it comes from their mouth. But they um, best beetles are um, they like really wet, rotting, decaying wood. So they're real common in East Texas we don't, you're not going to really see them in the Western part of the state or places where it's really dry, um, East Texas and and further East along the coast, there are tons of them, but we, I order them through a company called Carolina biological and, and a bunch of other bugs. And we do this activity at camps called life in a rotting log where they dig through this rotting log to find, other insects and things arthropods that are living in there and best beetles are one of them and i'll always tell the kids to pick it up and put it to their ear because they squeak like a little tiny mouse they're so cute they're like (laughs) or like a little like a miniature piggy it's a real cute little squeaky sound that they make and there's and the boys and the girls you can tell the boys and the girls on those too because they have little horns on their head too i mean who else makes noise
0: I think the only other ones are like the insects that use wing vibration to make noise like the honeybees.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yes, they I should have known that. Yes. And they're um so if you're a beekeeper, you learn to hear that pitch of the wing vibrating. I guess I just never I never really thought about what was making that noise when you open. It's up because a hive. you're too you're too into the thick of things when you're out there with the hives. <laughs> I mean, but you think someone would have questioned me about what that sound, what produces that sound? But you're right, they do, and they do it in a colony like that. The sound that they make, everyone does it at the same time. So one trick that we'll tell people is go up to the hive and just knock on it. If you hear like this, this they make they start making really loud noise. It's probably not the best day to open that hive up because they're cranky. <laughs> but they, I mean, they always make noise, but there are certain pitches that you just learn kind of innately to figure out, oh, they're cranky, cranky today. Um, They just, it's, yeah, I've never really thought about that. You're right. That's funny. It's just, I just knew it. I just didn't think about it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then mosquitoes, they have the the same, they do the wing vibration. So if you've ever had a mosquito flying like near your ear, you can actually hear that kind of Mm -hmm. thing and it's, and you're like swatting at it, trying to get it away. Yes. But same kind of thing.
1: And bumblebees make a, bumblebees make noise. Some flies kind of make noise with their wings. That could be a whole thing. I bet I could find an article or something about honeybees and the sounds that the pitch of the sound that they make and what it means. Cause I know it, it sure means something. I'm sure.
0: It's like dog tails and deciphering yeah, yeah. what that means, depending yeah, yeah. on how it is. <laughs>
1: Side to side or like when they do the corkscrew. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So insects
1: are interesting. I think okay. in that way, they communicate just like people do, but just in sounds. I mean, well, we communicate in sounds also. Um. I was also reading some stuff that that. There was a study done that they believe that insects may communicate um, in different dialects. Also, so, oh no way! Yeah, I mean that doesn't. I didn't get into the heart of the article. That was just the title. So it's probably not dialects like your Texas dialect or your Georgia. You know what no, I mean?
0: Boston versus yeah. Southern California versus Georgia. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, that would be cool though. it's it's probably something much more complex than
1: just the, the accent they have. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a, there's a whole science behind how insects communicate that none of us probably realize we think of insects as being so simple, but I think in reality, they're very complex and interesting to study. Well, thanks for joining us this time on bugs by the yard and we'll catch you next time.